Welcome to a new episode of Carolyn Talks, Pursuit Here's What Happened podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Hines, film critic and journalist. And this is the podcast slash YouTube channel where I speak to film creatives about their work, the industry, and what inspires them. And today I am joined by actress Bella Piedo to talk about her portrayal of the character of Virginia in the Brazilian narrative. I would call it a, a thriller intense drama because this film has is very tense. Um, in my dry wall cocoon directed and written by caroline fioratti now if you have seen my previous episode for the south by southwest film festival i spoke to caroline and actress uh, Maddie oliviera about their um, process in the film and today i'm gonna have bella all to myself to talk about virginia and her perspective on the film and the story and i have so much to ask you about this character because virginia broke my heart <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> But she also kind of frustrated me too, because you know, teenagers. Um, <laughs> but as usual, before I get into talking about the film, I'll just ask Bella to say a bit about herself and what inspired you to um, become an actress and then what led to you working on My Dry Walk Cocoon with Caroline. Okay, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. It's really important for me and it's a pleasure. Okay, uh, I began my career uh, when I was seven in theater. Mm -hmm. So I prefer to say uh, something more uh, transcendental, you know. Uh, I've never had a, a plan B. So mm -hmm. I spent over 10 years performing in professional plays. And then when I turned uh, 17, I began my audiovisual career. So I did a bunch of series and soap operas, uh, one of the most famous and big, that gave me the biggest uh, visibility was one called um, The Other Side of Paradise, where I played Laura. And with her, we, we approached like a sexual abuse theme. And uh, with her scenes, we, we could triple the numbers of complaints all over Brazil. And then I, I did a, a, I had my first experience uh, performing in a film that is called My Last Wish for, by Arnaud Jabour that is an iconic, uh, uh, it was in fact, an iconic di director, writer, and person. Um, it was really um, a milestone in my career to, to play Lou in, on his movie. And that was because of Lou that I was invited to perform Virginia in my drive of Cocoon, because it was uh, from the same uh, executive producer. So he just saw me inside of a scene and thought, mm, she might, play Virginia and here I am. <laughs> now you said something there that kind of surprised me. So you talked, you said opera. So that means you're a classically trained singer as well. Sorry, I didn't get, get it. Did you say that you said um, you went in theater, you also did opera and singing as well? No, no, soap oh, okay. opera, sorry. Oh, soap I, opera. I can't okay. sing. <laughs> I'm awful. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, at least it's always karaoke, right? <laughs> uh, but but how? Okay, so talk about the transition from theater to soap opera because I think that's an interesting theater, um, uh, interesting shift. Because I know for the stage, like you, when you're acting on stage, you have to project a bit more because the audience is further out, and you're trying to make sure that everyone is able to see you and relate to you and feel 
but as your yeah. what your character is feeling so what was it like for you to transition from working on the stage and then going particularly to soap operas because soap opera so poppers that I know particularly for Latin American and South American um, so poppers and like telenovelas as they would call them in some countries are extremely yeah. dramatic you know they're, yeah they're, they are. they're extremely dramatic and sometimes um, the acting to like people in I think to people in North America it might be seen as over the top acting but it works for that genre because the stories are so ridiculous and outlandish sometimes like all the amount of backstabbing deaths betrayal like you need to have like these exuberant um these exuberant um portrayals so like, what was the shift like for you from stage to so proper and screen okay oh my gosh it's such a, a good question uh i think it's all about size you know mm -hmm. uh the content the internal content is the same so you just um exchange your your um way to communicate your emotions. So the, uh, at uh, Arnaud Jabot film, I was, it is in fact a, a more neorealistic film. So mm -hmm. it, it was closer to a theater, a theatrical performance for me. But My Dry Well Cocoon, it's, you just saw, it's like a completely uh, a realistic uh, lens of our reality. So it's really, it's really, naturalistic so it was more um about sensoriality and i think we 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 begun uh through surrealistic images because first of all it was like a um an exercise that carol proposed us to do and second of all because i really believe they can turn to palpable some um emotions that we can't explain and that's exactly how people with depor uh, depression uh report to feel so I think one of the main goals of uh, Carell's narrative is to allow allows people to to feel, not just only to um, understand with their minds. So for me, Virginia to play Virginia was like a journey from um, skin and words. Mm. Yeah, the thing about Virginia, um, that character she she takes such a, a journey in in like the story because at the beginning we're starting with her being excited and planning for her um, 17th birthday. And the film kind of opens with her having an argument with her mom, Patricia, and that me being an adult, but I have also been a teenager, but me being an adult, I could see where her mother's hesitant to leave this teenager alone to, work, to run this party that's gonna be filled with other teenagers. And it's interesting, but, I, but that's, the, that's the, the interesting thing about it is like, in, in hindsight, you know, like now that we're um, grown and everything, we can see where Patricia's coming from, you know, but as teenagers, we just see our parents telling us no, as them trying to hold us back and that they're trying, and in the case of the party, trying to stop us from having fun and, you know, trying to like embarrass us in, our, in front of our friends and everything. But Virginia, at the beginning, you just think she's spoiled, you know, you just think that she's this girl that her mother has um that her mother has given in way too easily you know and you and you and you just think like you and for me when I was watching it from at the beginning of the film I was just thinking Virginia this is not a good idea you know like how are, how are you uh and the way she was treating Patricia was kind of like 
it was kind of like very in a sense very disrespectful you know because i was just thinking your mom is excited for you you know your mom is spending all of this money on a party like be grateful a little bit <laughs> exactly exactly but oh yeah we built like um, a microcosm of the white privilege and and an artificial security with uh, false walls that kind of try to protect those um, teenagers from their own um, social bubbles. Yeah. And they were constructed by a, a sick society and politics um, that left them completely hostage from their complex minds. And they are all the time struggling against their own monstrosity. What I'm trying to say is like, they're good people who do horrible things. And talking about specifically uh, Patricia and Virginia, um, throughout all my research, in a way, finding a way to talk about uh, depression and uh, her bipolar, uh, I found endless metaphors about water mm -hmm. and how they connect with uh, mothers. So, uh, in my understanding, it was closer to, to being inside of a uterus, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, of course, I can remember it, but I just put myself into an, an exercise of uh, sensory memory. And, oh my gosh, probably it's there uh, that the parents' presence starts, mm -hmm. the importance of parents start. And clearly, Patricia didn't give any of this to Virginia. Uh, she just want, wants her to, to be like a, a brand new version of herself. And Virginia, the same way, wants to be the opposite of her mother, uh, feeling guilty because she wanted at the same time, uh, she felt her mother deserved a, a better daughter. And she was anger because she wasn't able to, to be herself even with her mother. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I selected, uh, Carol proposed me an exercise to, to write a letter for Patricia. And I selected a part that says like, I feel shrunken and fatal position uh, inside of my mom's uterus. And I feel that she didn't want to have me. Mm. And what was Carolyn's reaction to that when you wrote the, the letter? Oh, we did uh, 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 intensive uh, preparation. Mm -hmm. Also with Maria, that's incredible. And we, we were pretty intimate to, to connect and construct all of those layers. Um, and I think we can, we can see somehow this, those layers inside of their eyes. Mm -hmm. And uh, even knowing that Patricia and Virginia held like only two scenes, I think. Yeah, they didn't have many scenes together. No. But, but their scenes, but those two scenes, I think they say so much about the characters and about their relationships and their dynamics. And especially in the first scene where we see um, where they're talking about the party and they're having this argument and um, and they're and they're talking about um, Virginia wanting to go on this vacation with um, with oh my god why Luana. Am I Luana sorry I drew a complete bank on the name just now I was saying Lulu in my head I'm like Lulu is wrong <laughs> but with no Luana, it's okay it's her nickname <laughs> Lulu <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, um, and so like there, and so like, again, this is another example of where like Virginia isn't seeing where her mother is coming from, because like what parent 
would let two teenagers, especially two young teenagers, because they're just 17 years old, travel halfway across the country to go somewhere where they don't know anyone for a vacation, you know, a, especially like a beachside location. And again, it's a scene where it's, it's, it's the same thing with the party where eventually Patricia's like, she kind of like gives in because she, she just wants to do everything that Virginia wants, you know? And she gives me the um, idea of, she wants, she desperately wants her daughter to not love her, but like her, you know, because there's a, there's a big difference between like and love. You can love someone and not like them. And she wants Virginia to like her. That's beautiful. Yeah, I to totally agree with you. They have like a mutual um, attraction and in a awkward way, they, they, I don't know, but they, I, I think Virginia, loves her mother um but it's also hard to 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 don't feel like integrated yeah it is it is hard and i think it's especially hard in the in the environment that they live in because like as we talk like the whole thing about the film is is set in this one location which is the condominium mm -hmm. and it's one filled with wealthy people and people who in their own ways are, are isolated from the reality of situation of the of the world you know of sao paulo of brazil like they live in this this little social um, ecosystem where mm -hmm. they all they're all showing off for each other, and I think in a way that kind of that affects Virginia and Patricia's relationship. Like you mentioned, like, you, like in the letter you wrote, you said that um, she felt like she was being um, kept in a womb. You know, right? You know, like she's being um, what's the word? Like the word I would use is cosseted. So it's like she's being smothered by her mother. And in mm -hmm. a sense, there's that sense she feels smothered by her mother, but I think she also feels smothered by the environment as well, you know? Like sure. Trapped in this building. For sure. And at the same time, she, she wasn't able to communicate herself. She doesn't know how to do it. She didn't know. Uh, so, and it's because it's harder, like, it's hard to look inside of us um, and to, to get in touch with our monstrosity and with our shadows. So yeah, growing up is part of, uh, I do think it's part of uh, knowing that we are going through some uncomfortable moments and that we probably don't want to, but it's going to be worthwhile to, mm -hmm. to experience all of this and maybe to eat some cockroaches yeah. <laughs> that Virginia didn't, um, she wasn't able to, to eat, but sometimes we do really have to. Yeah, and, and so now I want to talk a bit more about, like, you're talking about the monstrosity of this character, like, the shadows of her, and and it's true, Virginia, a lot, all of these characters have, have some very dark aspects of them, and it's not to do with, like, mental illness, like you mentioned, like, Patricia's bipolar, like, Virginia very clearly has um, depression, and mm -hmm. for Luana, she's, she's struggling with um jealousy she's jealous of virginia she's jealous of where virginia lives she's jealous of her relationship to her mother and she's also i think jealous of her relationship to um to the boyfriend martin and nicholas yep what nicholas lord help me today <laughs> <laughs> with nicholas my my apologies and so that's that's the darkness that's within um, within um, Luana as well. So all of these characters, like Nicholas himself has some very dark moments and we're going to get into that because that boy, ooh, he's a lot to handle. But yeah. 
but even but even in Virginia, her monstrosity, I think, is the no is the way she treats Patricia, but it's also the sense of competition that she has with Luana. So I want to talk about their relationship because their relationship, the thing about this film is I think it focuses a lot on relationships between women and girls and and, and like friendships, because there's a relationship between Virginia and her mother. Then there's the relationship between uh, Virginia and, and Luana, but I think there's also the relationship between Virginia and Silmara, you know? So like she has these three main important relationships between females and her lives. And yeah. I wanna talk, I wanna talk, I wanna talk about Luana cause I'm gonna talk about her a bit more. So I wanna talk first about the relationship between Virginia and Silmara. I think he, she kind of sees Silmara as who she wishes her mother could be in the fact that Silmara trust, trusts her. And she thinks that Patricia doesn't trust her. Yeah, I, I think Virginia finds comfort uh, and with Samara, you know, they, Samara kind of uh, uh, noticed some perspectives of Virginia that Patricia completely is unable to see it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they have like um, a, a safe space to be real. Yeah, they do. She provides... Uh, safe space for Virginia and interestingly enough um, for Luana as well because there's a couple there's a scene with her and Luana where you read where you see that these two and they're the, also yeah. the only two black women in the film mm -hmm. but you're you're seeing these two black these 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 two women and being comforted together and you see that Simara is kind of like the 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 mother figure that both girls want because Luana Luana doesn't have the support from her own mother she needs because yeah. And her mother can't look after the way that she needs to be looked after. So she's finding it in um, in Ciamata. And I think the beautiful thing about this film with um, even just the name of the title, like the title can refer to how the I, I told Caroline that the name kind of like works almost like as a coffin because of what happens to Virginia at the end. But I think like a cocoon is also a, a safe space, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a space for like butterflies and moths to like be safe before their metamorphosis. So I kind of see like see Mara as like the cocoon for both Luana and Virginia. That's beautiful. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I do I do feel it. <laughs> yeah. She's I because the more I was thinking about and even here talking like the thing with Sil I think I think Silmara is the one character that really sees all of everyone the way they are. She sees yeah. all of these characters in a way that no one else sees them. And she because she's kind of like this outside observer and she's able to like look at everything in perspective, you know. But the thing is because she's just a housekeeper, she's a maid, like no one, none of these rich people are gonna listen to her. But she's the one who's like paying all of atten all the attention, and she's for sure. And she's seeing all of the things that can possibly go wrong. For sure, that's amazing. Yeah, and 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 in and in talking about all the things that can go wrong now for Virginia and Luana, these two girls, like I I I relate to them so much because the relationship between I think between girls is very special and it's very layered and nuanced. And the thing with a film like this and with a director and a writer like um, Caroline and the performances that you and Maddie gave, like you you guys show so much um, complexity in these two girls in their relationships and in, their, in the things that they are similar in and the things that they're also very different in. And I, to me, that's one of the things I love when you have female writers and directors writing stories about female friendships because they get all of the nuance you know they get all of the yeah 
little things that people would overlook, but like we as as women and as females would notice. So like talk about talk first with uh, about working with Caroline and Maddie for developing the relationship between Luana and Virginia. Okay, so um, wow. Okay, I'm kind of a uh, thrilled right now uh, just because of your your text but yeah uh we worked intensively to 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 lapidate all of those uh characters and with like raw and unique layers and what i mean saying raw without any mask that Mm. we often do that we often use when we are like being in a relationship with someone uh to protect our weakness to protect our um secrets vulnerabilities so we built their cocoons mm-hmm. and i think those all of those layers brought humanity to the, the script and allowed people to really reflect on their own masks vulnerabilities and cocoons so yeah talking about luana and virginia girl it was like a intense relationship because they had like a, um, a multiple vectors within um their relationship uh, virginia completely envies luana luana's life personality relationships and otherwise luana's envies virginia's life uh but together they can um experience a lack of sadness and reality doing drugs uh together they dream for example chekhov's dream of finally find a place and run away into it and where they could be accepted, happier and more free. So yes, they have like um, a multiple uh, and mutual tension and passion for each other. Uh, at the same time, Virginia could be taken care by Luana and she also can takes care by her, uh, takes care uh, uh, Luana. And because uh, I think in a maternal way, because they didn't find in their own mothers, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they have like a, a maternal um, layer of relationship. At the same time, they have pleasure for um, manipulate each other. So it was, it was intense. <laughs> yeah, like, I see what you mean about the maternal aspect because it's like Luana looks after Virginia a little bit, you know, like she's the more mature one. She's the one that wants them to um, run away so that she, I think in a way so that she could look after someone that she wants to look after because she doesn't want to be looking after her own mother because she's like, you're an adult. Why do I have to be looking after you? Why do I have the stress of looking after my own mother, you know, having to worry about her medication, all these things. And for Virginia, she kind of sees Virginia as like someone that she could look after the way she wants, you know, like she can kind of mold Virginia into the person she wants her to be and like you said like they both girls are envious of each other but the thing is that they don't even realize that they are we the audience can see that they're jealous you know because there's little things that um like the th- one of the scenes that really tripped me out was when <laughs> Luana put on the bathing suit and it was like me I'm like first thing first you brought a gift for someone for her birthday party this is your best friend this is your BFF and you're going to give her a bikini and you're going to put it on. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because 
like, hey, like, are they talking, Carolina and Maddie? Like, I have a twin sister. Like, we we argue about clothes up to this day. We've always yeah. been arguing. But clothes are like people don't understand unless you unless you know girls and relationships. We take clothing very seriously, and we can share. But like, the rule is between me and my sister is like, if I buy something new, I have to wear it on first. Like, you can't wear it before I do. Okay. Okay. And so when and so then when Luana put on the bathing suit, I was stripping up because. A brand new baby so you bought for this girl but to me i, I saw that right i was like but but to me that scene was so subtle between you and maddie like you you guys play that scene perfectly because there's a sinisterness to it you know there's a slight edge of darkness because like you like the, the comments that you both make to each other begins to get darker and more vicious and more catty and more insulting and to anyone who doesn't know how how girls talk it'll just seem like they're talking about their bodies, and which is a really intense conversation in and of itself because they're talking about being confident in their bodies and their sexuality. But there's this sense of like, I'm saying the meanest thing that I could to hurt you, even as I'm saying that I love you, right? So I want you to talk about, the, about doing that specific scene because to me, that scene was one of the most intense scenes in the whole film. Yeah, wow, you totally got it. It was, yeah, we worked exactly how you just describe it um f- uh, fulfilling the the scene and the 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 lines with some um subjective perspectives that could really hurt mm-hmm. uh luana and virginia you know their love their um yeah the way that they could love each other is by hurting themselves and specifically talking about uh, Virginia I think it's hard to say it but because for sure it isn't easy to be inside of all of those toxic relationships but there wasn't anyone that could hurt her more than herself so being inside of those passive aggressive uh, relationship reinforced somehow her point of view of being useless yeah and I think this communicate somehow with Luana also. No, it's true. And like you mentioned the thing about um, her relationships reflecting the way she felt about herself and how she hurts herself. That comes through, I think, in the scenes where like, like there's the scars that she has on her body. Like it starts with little scratches, but then they become bigger and bigger and they become these big festering wounds. And there's scenes where she's picking at the, the scars, you know, like yeah. she's He's not treating them and like no one else can see the scars Like we the audience sees them but no one else in the film the characters themselves don't fe- don't see the scars and they don't acknowledge them because it's talking to, to about the it's it's showing the audience internal hurt that virginia has you know like the depression the anxiety the self the the lack of self-confidence you know the insecurities and so like she picks at them throughout the film and it's, as you said, there it's about the hurt, the hurt that she gives herself because in in hurting Luana, she's hurting herself, you know, because she sees Luana as the person she wants to be. So if exactly. she's hurting the person she wants to be, like she's hurting herself at the end. Exactly. And we we try to through the those subjective perspectives of the wounds that everybody has on the on the script, um, to bring out to, to the first layer, like a macro um, reality of our society, uh, politics and chauvinism and how they connect, uh, uh, control us, mm-hmm. even our feelings. So, yeah, 
yeah. it was pretty complex to to construct all of those um humanity because Virginia seems to be like a three different characters instead of a just one. Uh, so I basically worked on a high euphoria, a deep depression, and a kind of a, a dissociation uh, crisis. Mm -hmm. So I think when she she's getting closer to the dissociation part, uh, the wounds are, are are getting bigger, and she's um, she can can really touch it. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's palpable. Yeah, it's it's more palpable and it's more, I think that's when that's when the sadness really sets in for me because as the film goes on and as like we it's revealed all of these toxic relationships that um Virginia is in, because at the beginning of the film we don't realize just how toxic these relationships are, you know. Like we think, oh, it's just a teenager having a party, mm -hmm. but you realize everyone that she's in a relationship with, except for Ciamata. It's toxic because even the relationship she has with Patricia with her own mother is toxic in a way because Patricia in a way envies her own daughter, you know. She wants yeah. Virginia. Like there's a scene where they they like Patricia puts on um, Virginia's dress, yes. but then also Virginia puts on her own mother's dress during a point of the party. And and it speaks to how like Virginia, like she has no really truly healthy relationships with people. With the people that she should have the healthiest relationships with, and and like, as we, you mentioned, the disassociation, and now that's I think those scenes come up when she, her relationship with Nicholas, you know, like there are scenes with Nicholas, like these scenes are so intense and they really disturbed me because and and because it talks about um, intimate partner violence amongst teenagers, and this is something that people don't acknowledge as much as they should. Like yeah. when you talk about domestic violence, people talk about it between married couples and older and older, more mature couples. But like young, young girls, a lot of young girls are subjected to domestic violence from their own boyfriends, you know, like they're physically abusive, sexually abusive and verbally abusive and emotionally mentally abusive. And Virginia goes through all of these forms of abuse and of being um, subjugated and oppressed by Nicholas. So First, I want to talk about, there's a scene, and this is the scene in the bedroom. This is a scene that was, I, I'll be honest with you, I actually had to pause the film and take a moment and collect myself because that scene is so intense and it was so disturbing for me. So for you, what was your preparation for you? Because I know that um, Caroline and Maddie talked about having a psychologist on set yeah. that provided that safe space for you and for the cast. So talk first about I think, let me say, I think I want to, I want to talk first about having that safe space and the importance of that for you and being able to have a psych, like a professional psychologist to speak to, and then we'll get into that particular scene. Okay, right. Yeah, for sure. We were rich in so sensible themes uh, that definitely, we, we don't want to, to romanticize and, and any aspects of it. So we asked for a therapist and psychiatrist help for, to guide us into a more realistic way because our main goal is to really uh, have a, a social function and it's only a social function when you can connect with people, when it's real and you can uh, make them feel. And people don't connect only with a bunch of words instead of a story, they connect because it made them feel some way. Mm -hmm. um, so we worked uh, together um, intensively <laughs> and specifically specifically talking about this scene, we, we rehearsed 
a lot. I think um, maybe two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, Carol, Michelle, that is who who played Nicholas, and I, uh, with the the uh, the guy who prepared us, with Carol, and we worked. We we rehearsed uh, in all the the subjective layers also uh, to find. Um, this dominative game of power mm -hmm. that they have. Um, and then we, we shot, I think, over 15 takes. And the one that Carol picked it, it was exactly the one that Michelle totally uh, shocked me because we were kind of a, um, doing the same choreography and movements and we were in a safe space uh, I totally trust him and he he trusted me and our set was oh, amazing it was in fact uh, the first set that I had that it was majority female set which is too rare super rare within our industry so we were uh, completely confident and uh, um happy to to be in a safe spot in a face team so we were totally um diving into and michelle and i we, we shot over 15 takes and then he just did a, a bunch of different movements and he he shot so aloud that that shocked me and so it was really a, a real reaction <laughs> uh like an exercise that i put myself into it especially being a a woman um in brazil and being through like i've been through some some experience uh and i could gather all of those inside of uh virginia's feeling yeah, I it, I always when I watch scenes like that, I I'm always aware of how intense it is for the for the cast and for the crew because being on a scene like um on a set like that and dealing with a scene like that is takes so much out of you, you know, like and it requires yeah. as you said, it requires so much trust because you're being extremely vulnerable in the moment and and it's the scene, especially scenes like this where sex is involved within with the violence itself. Like, I think for, for women, like, that's something, like, for us, that's, that's a situation that for us, we know is, is almost too, too real, you know, because, like, because we're vulnerable, and, like, we know that we, we never know what any man can do when, like, when we're in a, in a, um, in a with them. So like even and people will say, oh, it's just acting. I'm like, there's acting up to a certain point, but as you were saying, like, you still have to, you, you still have to be in a in a frame of mind where you're where you as you said like you were saying like even even I want to say like I I just I'm always just aware of like how much work it takes you know like how much that the toll it can take on you mentally and physically and I'm always always appreciative of like um of like actors like you putting yourself out there because like you're trying you're telling a story that needs to be told and like within this film like the, one of the messages that um, Caroline is hoping to talk about is again the domestic violence amongst young people you know and this, she's addressing real world um, situations and like for you you have to put yourself in that spot so that the story can be told so that it can then create a discussion 
in real life for people to 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 talk about and to acknowledge and to see for sure yeah our main goal is to promote those tough debates and uh, to to boost our transformation somehow through through our, our characters and uh, uh, circumstances. So yeah, it was hard to be there, but um, we were like uh, being a vehicle for something bigger. And yeah, we reach um, the worst masculinity, uh, talking about uh, preconceptions and violence through male characters. And it's pretty important, it's urgent to, to approach uh, those complex <laughs> uh, layers. Uh, and for us, Brazilian, there is a special connection because, you know, we had like uh, in our four last years, a former president who could gather all of those uh, rotten layers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, there is a, a masculinity that it might be showed and uh, rethink it. Yeah, the, the film definitely shows the different types of toxic masculinity archetypes you can see in society because there's there's Nicholas who's sexually abusive to mm -hmm. um, Virginia. There is the father who we see is physically abusive to the mother, you know. Then there's their friend who is just obsessed with violence and guns. And like again, their talk is the film is talking about these about none of these characters are who they appear on the surface, you know? Like we we get to see, like people look at like these big expensive condominiums and the wealth and, and the status and like the, the positions that these characters hold, like Virginia's father is a judge, you know? And like they think, oh, their lives are perfect, you know? Like their lives are party is like good, glamorous, going to parties, driving these big cars, like, you know, going to all these like, um, these expensive private schools and whatever but you know you don't know that behind the doors there's situations like this you know there's women and girls being abused there's racism there's this there's the sexism you know there's the colorism there's all of these all of these like terribly um destructive behaviors and are being exhibited and it takes a mental toll on the most vulnerable within those spaces and in this situation is virginia and um and like it ought to, and as we say, it takes a toll on Virginia in like the worst way, you know, and like where she eventually, and this isn't a spoiler because it's in the show film synopsis, but like she dies, you know, and like her her death is, <laughs> I think, I was not flipping by me, like she dies, I, because I'm thinking, I have people that say, oh, this is a spoiler. I'm like, no, Caroline, it's in the film synopsis. Like it's really yeah, it is. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> you know but like but you you this, but uh, but the thing is that she dies but you don't know which of any of these circumstances like that led directly to her death you know it, it you, you wonder is it the relationship with her mother you know is it what happened with nicholas that night is it the relationship with the neglect from her father because her father isn't there you know she only talks to him on the phone because he's like working overseas and like she rarely sees him is it the neglect from that is it like this relationship with Luana where it's like Luana is the safest person she has in her life but even then like their relationship isn't perfect you know like, as we've discussed their relationship is filled with toxicity it's filled mm -hmm. with jealousy you know it's filled with envy and and like that all of these things take a toll on Virginia clearly because we're seeing it in the wounds and the scars but yeah. that thing is like we don't know exactly what happened and one of the things that like even when I was thinking about the film this morning to prep for this interview I was still in my mind, I'm still thinking, 
is accidental. Like it, it, like it was an accidental death, you know, like it wasn't, and, 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 but it wasn't happening. But then you think to yourself, like, does that make it better <laughs> than if it was intentional, you know, because like, she this, like this is it's just like this girl never had a chance to flourish you know like she never had a chance to to see the world um in a way that could have been better you know she didn't get a chance to like seek to seek help from anyone she didn't get a chance to even tell anyone about how much pain she was in and mm-hmm. and then you're just thinking about all the potential fallout from that because her mother starts to spiral afterwards Luana is filled with guilt because Luana doesn't know if she led directly to it to this death and then like Nicholas like he has his own demons that he's fighting with and his own situations and yeah like and then that's that's the other thing about the film the film is talking about how the death of one person affects so many people in so many different ways exactly I don't know if I if we're going through um how those sensible themes associated with uh suicide it, it will give like a spoiler should I? No, go uh, ahead. Let's go. This is how I do my, my interviews anyway. I'm like, let's go. Let's get. <laughs> okay. Let's dig in. So, because I really think it's, um, it's sad to witness how even in 2023, it's a, still a taboo to talk about suicide. Because uh, people keep connecting uh, it with insanity. So it's urgent for us to, to promote those debates and, and to do... Um, either talking about interpretation or even like uh, this um, kind of subject. For, in my opinion, it's, my, uh, it's, my, uh, it's more important to have like uh, good questions than to have the right answers, it's to promote uh, exchange and to, to show people that their lives really are important and that they are uh, uh, integrated and belonging, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, what I learned the most of uh, suicide is, above all, it's an act of uh, communication. Virginia wasn't able to to talk about her her pains, and people around her w- weren't able to notice. Um, so this tragic act uh, turned to be the sentence that she she couldn't say aloud, uh, and that's so so sad. So uh, we keep thinking like, oh, and we could. We could do uh, different, you know. Uh, what are, which are your discharge valves when you're tangled? Who can you count on? With who can you count on? Uh, what, what are the, the most difficult sentences for you to say? Like, I love you. Please help me. No, I won't deliver my energy into this right now. I think to to reflect on all of this can can create a um, a safe space for people. And um, yeah, this instability, this, first of all, those plurality uh, of all of those characters gave us the possibility to to work with every single scene could be the last one. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this instability added with a lack of empathy and a lack of support um, facilitated uh, the scenario for Virginia finds comfort doing uh, abusing substance. I can say it like that, uh, especially talking about amphetamines that, that was like um, really inside of the scene, all of the, the film. Um, 
and it's pretty important also to to say like uh how do they affect how they how amphetamines um stimulate the the central nervous system and try to um remove pain try to dwind um weakness uh but at the same time we can found on um body uh some symptoms like hand in shakes, shaking hands, uh, dry mouth, uh, irritability that connects Virginia directly with her dissociation crisis. So Virginia was a, a roller coaster of emotion. Uh, at the same time, she was a victim and the aggressor. She was a, a kid begging for help and she was a, an animal trying to stop her pain. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but no, you did. You did. You answered it perfectly because, like the the like what you said about this the her the, the suicide the action being the the sentence that she couldn't get say. I think that's said beautifully because, like, for for people who who do who even before they even commit suicide, but there's even if they don't like for people who are severely depressed and have a lot of um mental or physical disabilities and um disorders, like suicide suicidal ideations like there's so much that leads even up to that point you know like mm -hmm. like it's not a sudden and instantaneous decision there's so much that people exactly. have, to, have to go through before they even get to that point and when and i remember even when i was younger when i didn't fully understand it but i remember back in the back like i'm 39 years old now right so i was born in 1983 but i remember when they when how suicide was talked about in media was people would say like people who committed suicide were cowards you know but and and it's like there is nothing cowardly about committing suicide nothing yeah. it is like it it take it's it's such a moment it's such a i think it is the most desperate anyone can um can do because like this is with the point where they think that there literally is no other option no other yeah. way out for them yeah with the life that they have and in Virginia's point, and in Virginia's case, like she's 17 years old, this is her birthday. You know, she's at a party surrounded by all of these young people. DJ is there, music is there, food, like drinks, like everyone is dressed perfectly. She's in this beautiful, um, this beautiful dress. And like, even in that moment, she feels, she begins to feel like, what is the purpose of this, you know? And it's just, and, exactly. it's, and, that's, and that's the most heartbreaking thing is just like, it shows you that, there are people like no matter how many people they're around, it doesn't matter how much wealth they have, you know, it doesn't matter like how like how what expensive clothes they're wearing. Like, mm -hmm. it comes down to it, it's all about the mental where people are mentally and emotionally, and that's like just take all that away, and it's just like that's that's the import, that's the thing, you know. Exactly. That's that's Virginia is, and like no one saw how much she was struggling in those moments because no one was yeah. really paying attention to her. Yeah, yeah. And I think people aren't uh, used to allow themselves to feel sadness because we live in an addictive society that forces all the time to be happy, um, productive, monetized. So mm -hmm. we, we try to find a, a, some discharge bulbs, for example, like a medicine that tries to remove or to numb pain. Mm -hmm. And because it's really hard to look inside. Um, but yeah, I think, wait, I think, um, 
it's a, a combination of factors, you know, a biological, psychological, uh, religious, cultural, and that sometimes culminate into a, a, a manifestation against itself. Mm-hmm. And the person, Virginia, doesn't, she, she, she didn't feel, um, she, she felt outside from itself fragmented with a cranky ego and that facilitated the the scenario for her to her herself and mostly of the time uh, suicide appears like uh, in a combination of factors with uh, other disorders like uh, depression or borderline or schizophrenia and so on so yeah she she in her case it it was like a, a mixture of uh, alcohol and amphetamines that um, brought her close to to dissociation, and it was she she could find comfort in the idea of death because mm-hmm. it, it will it would end it up with all of those feelings that she could she could not bear bear mm-hmm. it was unbearable. No, it's true, and that's the that's the this I think the saddest thing about it is like she didn't have an opportunity or she didn't think that there was anyone that she could talk to and that she could confide in that she didn't have a way out but and I think that's the main one of the also the main themes of the film is about talking I think it's about it's talking about paying attention to people and paying mm-hmm. attention to the signs that they don't show and like it's it's about don't get confused about how people you know about the the wealth of the, about the outside thing like pay more attention to the person themselves like read look I look in their eyes listen to the words they say listen to the words they don't say you know like read between the lines and look for the context clues exactly and, and like at the end like I think like sadly Virginia didn't make it but like for the other characters I see the way how the film ended it I see it as a as a as just like a cautionary tale it's about okay so Virginia didn't make it but no we this is a chance for you to pay attention to the other character the other people you know pay attention to Patricia pay attention to Luana pay attention to Nicholas so that what happened to Virginia doesn't happen to them Ooh, I just had goosebumps <laughs> yeah you're right uh it's a a chance to restart mm-hmm. it's a chance to to connect to be present to pay attention in each other and, you know, I'm obsessed with uh, Brené Brown's research. Mm-hmm. And she said, I-, I want to quote her right now because she, she says, like, uh, don't you walk through the world looking for evidence that you aren't enough because you always find it. Don't you walk through the world looking for evidence that you don't belong because you always find it. Mm-hmm. Our worth and belonging are negotiable. Mm-hmm. I know who I am. I'm clear about that. And I won't negotiate this with you. I can negotiate a contract with you, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to negotiate who I am with you because then maybe I can fit on your plans, but I no longer belong to myself. Oh. Yeah, I love her. She's perfect. Yes. But I do think it. Uh, it's if it's so well on Virginia's and Nicholas and Luana's and uh, Gabriel's, Patricia's uh, life. You know, it's just uh, and. It's a frame of life uh, of uh, our contemporary youthness and how it's urgent to truly um, reframe it, it all, mm-hmm. to really pay attention and to be present and to to be real. 
No, I agree completely. I'm like, like the quote that you said, there's something that I also just say that's kind of similar where like um, I always tell people my my existence is not up for debate. My happiness is not up for debate. You know, like I always tell people, I'm not going to debate my right to exist with anyone. You know, I'm not going to debate. I'm not going to debate my right to be happy and pursue my happiness with anyone. And it's the same thing, you know, it's just like there will always be people to tell us that we don't belong. There will always be people to tell us that we can't succeed, that we can't make it, that we can't that we can't live the lives that we have a right to. So don't don't go looking for them because you will find the answer. So like in this, in like what you were saying, I think it's the perfect way to wrap up is like, do the best you can to, to make yourself happy and seek help. I think that's the most important thing too. Like if you're struggling, the most important thing is to reach out to someone, you know, reach out to, to reach out to someone who is going to listen and encourage you and also guide you in the right way. Because there are people who, if you reach out to them, they'll use that as they use their vulnerability as a tool against you yeah look for the people who support you and truly want the best for you exactly caroline you're just perfect (laughs) thank you so much thank you thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today bella this was a great conversation have a fun day thank you i just i'm flattered to be here and i i had a a great time thank you caroline it was amazing Thank you. I I wish all the success for you and for the cast and everyone. Like, um, I I I know you didn't go to Austin. Are you going to go? Are there any plans to attend any other film festivals that the film will be showing at? We don't know yet, but I will let you know whenever you we have a, a an official um um achievement (laughs) (laughs) no great if you if you end up in at tiff the toronto international film festival i'm going to be there because i live in toronto so i hope that we do get to meet each other (laughs) one day that's amazing yeah i would love to crossing fingers (laughs) yeah thank you so much and all the best for you much success to you and to everyone thank you so much bye-bye So everyone, that was another episode of Carolyn Talks. And in this episode, I spoke to actress Bella Piero about her portrayal of Virginia in the Brazilian narrative feature film, My Dry Wall Cocoon, written and directed by Caroline Fioretti, also starring Maddie Oliviero, both of whom you would see in my previous episode for the South by Southwest Film Festival, which the film premiered at. There was such a great conversation talking about it. She's an extremely intelligent young lady she's like very I think she's very intuitive and very empathetic and everything she said about Virginia is that I think it's spot on like she said a lot of things that I hadn't even thought about too you know like the saying what Virginia did at the end the unfortunate act of suicide that she did was the sentence that Virginia had been wanting to say but wasn't able to say so this was when she got to speak with us I think that's such a profound thing to say and I appreciate her taking the time to speak with me today and I really, and it's, and as I've said before, the film is very heavy. So I would tell people to be cautious of that, but it is very much worth seeing because it does talk about many um, topics that need to be discussed. And particularly, I think, um, mental illness and depression in young people, especially young girls, as well as intimate partner violence between young girls and their uh, romantic partners. And also the, the friction between mothers and daughters you know like the relationships between mothers and daughters can be very complex and can be very intense but like you know it's also a beautiful one if if it's taken care of the character of Virginia she's a cautionary tale you know of don't get distracted by the outside exterior with regards to like the clothing they wear don't pay attention to the brand names don't pay attention to where they live 
pay attention to who the people are because you don't know who's struggling. You know, we don't know who people are on the inside. We don't know who they are at home. We don't know what they go through. And yeah, like the film is, it was a lot for me. Uh, I mean, I have, there were a couple of scenes I had to pause and like collect myself, but it is a film we're seeing. And I wish much success to Bella and to Caroline and, and, and Maddie and, and Nicholas and the entire cast and crew. And I hope they have a great uh, festival season this year. And that perhaps if they turn up at the Toronto International Film Festival this year, I will get to meet them. You can find other episodes of Caroline Talks here on But Why Do? net as well as on ACAS and other podcast streaming platforms. You can find other interviews that I've done for such for Sundance, TIFF, and Fantasia Fest, as well as the video versions of all of my interviews on my YouTube channel. That's YouTube at no wait, sorry, that's youtube.com slash at sign Carolyn underscore Hines. That's H-I-N-D-S. You can also go to my R3 page that's A-U-T-H-R-R-Y.com slash Carolyn Hines and find all of my published writing as well as links to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and on TikTok now using the handle at Carrie, C-A-N-H-1-2. So that's C-A-R-R-I-E-C-N-H-1-2. And find links to my, to my stuff there. On TikTok, you will see me doing mini vlogs. For So here's what happened using the hashtag, hashtag S-H-W-H. And that's also on Twitter and Instagram as well. And um, I think that's it. I'm going to wrap up here. So until the next episode of Caroline Talks, everyone, stay safe. Bye.